0: This episode is sponsored by New Balance and Sarah's taking on the 2024 TCS London Marathon with their support. Today, we're really excited to talk to you about two specific shoes from the Fuel Cell range.
1: Yes, the brand new Fuel Cell Rebel V4. Now, I have the luxury of training in a few different pairs of shoes. So currently how I use this shoe is in my tempo runs, my interval runs, my kind of faster sessions. Also, what I'm throwing at those sessions is the Fuel Cell Supercomp Elite V4 from New Balance.
0: Because you'll be wearing those on race day. Yes. And I wore the V3 back for my valencia marathon pb in december and i'm excited as a shoe geek because they're essentially the ultimate marathon racing shoe based on innovation including being tested by athletes like the american marathon record holder emily sisson and she's run two eighteen twenty nine, so she's not hanging about
1: no i'll be slightly behind that time marginally rest it. marginally um if you want to check out the rebel v4 or the supercomp elite v4 head to the link in the show notes mm-hmm.
0: You are listening to the Running Channel podcast with me, Andy Badley, my lovely co host Sarah, who has just said that Rick over in the corner there actually today looks like a real producer for once.
2: <laughs> um, what, what do I normally look like?
0: don't know. we
2: dragged you off the street <laughs> and asked you to push some ah, There buttons. is far too much content in this podcast about what I'm wearing to record it.
1: Hey, look, we've started it now. We've got to keep the listeners up to date with, you know, the popped collar situation military jacket yeah, you've got sartorial today. Sartorial
2: elegance. Right, yeah, right. yeah. I think actually what's more important is who got got by the April Fool's joke at Parkrun this weekend.
0: Ooh, I did.
1: Well,
2: I got got by... 45 different WhatsApp messages from
0: people <laughs> all telling me about it. <laughs> there
1: were actually some very good ones this year.
0: Yeah, well, the one we're talking about, right, is Parkrun said on their social media that the the world record had been broken. There was a new world record of nine minutes. fifty-eight. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit quick.
2: That was what actually made me realise, I thought, 9.58, they've literally smashed his time by two minutes. And I was like, and this guy's name, I've never heard of him. Ace Celerate. Oh, God, Andy, can I take back that WhatsApp? Yeah, you WhatsAppped it to me. Did he actually? Yeah, yeah. I, like, oh, I, I realised that actually I'm going to be really sad when he does lose this title of World Record Yeah, the I was World a bit Record gutted hurdle. for you, not
1: going to lie. You
2: were a bit gutted that I lost it to someone
0: who's not real. By, and it's called uh, accelerate, yeah. Yeah, and that was going to be two and a half minutes faster than the actual track world record.
1: Hey, look,
0: i <laughs> okay, fine. I was just
1: moving through the motions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, well, on that note, I think we should get stuck in.
1: We're back for another week. Each week, we're going to be tackling a big topic from the world of running, which this week is how to cope with mentally tough miles. Then we're going to go through some news stories before finally finishing with the most important part, your questions. But first, Andy, how, how have you been running this week?
0: It's been good. I had a quite a nostalgic trip down memory lane. I guess, you can you have a non-nostalgic trip down memory lane? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of history for me to have a trip down. Uh, it was my dad's 70th. We were actually up where he grew up where I also would have visited my grandparents as I was growing up. And I think it's one of the, we only ever went for the day and I don't think I had ever run there, but I went for a run around this town, Leek, in Staffordshire. Um, it's an old kind of market town with like a lot of industry, I suppose. So it's like a, a lot of Midlands towns, but yeah, sorry, this is really boring now, but I had a lovely run around around there. And amazing how quickly you get out into the kind of Peak District countryside.
1: Nice. Did you uh, look at some fields?
0: Yeah, there were lots of fields there, and they, I did. I, I had a little stop at the side of the road So just. To, <laughs> did you actually? <laughs> yeah, I, t- I took it. Hey, you guys, took it in.
1: Yeah. Did you pause your watch for that beautiful moment? Or
0: no, I didn't. Of course not.
2: He right. never started his watch. <laughs> you know I'm, not a, I'm, not a, I'm
0: not a psychopath.
1: He's just too distracted <laughs> yeah, yeah. by them fields.
2: Yeah. How was your weekend, Sarah? Did you go running?
1: I did go running. This week, I got back to track sessions. Oh. It was my first like big speed session. I went to a track, got back there. And it was also a beautiful moment because I went in the evening where there's usually... There's not that many people on the track at 6am. But at 8pm, there were all the running stereotypes. Amazing. That I was really enjoying. We like had a what? pocket jangler.
0: Oh, excellent. Yeah. 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 Very annoying.
1: Who, which I find funny when you're at a track because you could... I don't know. It's a weird thing at a track where you do just leave your bag at the yeah, side. Yeah, you trust people. At a track, you just, don't you? Yeah, you just trust people. And you don't I was trust like, them in the park,
0: but you trust them at a track.
1: Yeah, at a track, it's fine. I'll be like 400 meters away, but I could chase you down and get you before you leave.
0: Even though the person who's on a track is probably quite fast, if they come in to, to yeah, steal stuff, just... so if they've taken your phone and keys, you got no chance.
1: <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so we had one of them, and then we also had what I like to call the London stereotype of people that go to running tracks and do their sessions, and then they just have a photographer next to them as well. What? Well, that's you or... normally.
2: <laughs> no. they have a photographer next to them. Yeah, so that is so now there was, a, a running stereotype.
1: Yeah, this is a London running stereotype, or it's probably everywhere. But I imagine it's a
2: friend, right? They haven't like hired. A
1: no, 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 no. They were it, there was a content creator there getting shots of them on the track.
0: Wait, I mean, I'm you're, sure you're giving you're giving this out here, but that's mainly you. Every time you go running, right? You've got yeah, one okay, of us. Yeah, okay. So, so when to...
1: I go and do running channel shoots, but it was yeah. it's quite cool because usually when you see those shoots, I always assume that they're like all completely staged or like mocked up. Yeah. But no, they all they're all in matching socks and shoes getting their content whilst getting their session done. It was a pretty hard session as well that nice. they were doing.
0: Uh, and what day did you do the track session?
1: Wednesday evening.
0: Oh, right. The, I thought you I thinking you'd done it over the weekend because you, you had quite a big night out. Of the weekend, I like. <laughs> <night>. <laughs> which i imagine would have put paid to some of your more ambitious running plans no, over so the i
1: stacked oh no it was actually thir- so i did a big session thursday night then i did an easy extra run which my yeah. coach is probably annoyed about but i did some a lovely little easy hour on the friday morning yeah. and then i was just going to take the weekend off but actually i went for an easy run after the big night out
0: yeah fair enough can bold, I get some kudos bold, for that? Bold, bold, well is, done. I'm genuinely like, very cute. impressed you by out, that. You run
2: after a big night out. Because mm-hmm. it was I mean, a big
0: night out that, that neither Rick nor inv- or I were invited to because we were explicitly told we're not cool enough.
1: No, you're not cool enough. <laughs> I
2: know. <laughs> and there was no <laughs> although, argument
0: from either of us.
1: <laughs> although it was a daytime rave, Andy, so you might have you might have got there. You still could have been in bed by I nine. I
0: cannot. There's no, way, there's no way that I could... In any way, say I was going to a rave. Last with, entry was five p.m. Incredibly ironic.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm going to what the uns call yeah, a rave. rave. What are you
0: up to on Saturday, Andy? I'll, ra- I'll be raving. <laughs> oh god, that's, that's not, no. not the word. Is that? Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, anyway, uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Oh gosh. Okay, let's move on.
1: <laughs> yeah. Shall we, Rick? How was your week of running?
2: Okay. Do uh, Did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at his face.
1: Of course, okay. Oh, did mate. you? Do some more 9 anyway, out of we're 10. We're going to talk about
2: how to cope with uh, yeah, mentally okay. tough months. Uh, you, uh, no,
0: no you, You're running weekend though, just, just for the listeners to get a little insight. I Go think uh, you were just telling us before we started recording, you actually did do a bit of running, but you were running away from a pub.
2: Yeah, I mean, we went to a pub and it was just an absolute pub Sunday lunch meltdown <laughs> with children. Like One kid who is such a well-behaved child, newborn... He These are your own children. My right? own children. Literally. <laughs> I like how said he one went, kid. I've now disowned went, it. <laughs> just literally went nuts. Couldn't stand this pub. So we took half an hour each to hold this child outside, our child, Albie. And then <laughs> the food arrived. We could just see it outside the window looking in. And then the other child decided to do a head and stand against the bar and cut a lip open. So then the other child had to go out because we were crying. In the end, we just paid for the food and I left the card there and still need to get it back.
0: Well, <laughs> I'll tell you what you need to do. Just have more children, mate. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, it makes, it makes it easier. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but, but in better news, I did actually get a, uh, a park run new PB post-injury. Um, post-injury PB. Post-injury, yeah. So Surgery. Yes post-surgery at twenty six nineteen. another 30 seconds off oh, nice. very nice yeah good job that's
1: awesome okay that- well
0: you've had your low points in terms of staying motivated for running so that leads us nicely on to how do you deal with mentally tough miles or how do you stay motivated for running
1: yeah i think it's a big thing especially at this time of year when lots of people are training towards spring races whether that's a 5k 10k half marathon marathon ultra even you're gonna on. you're gonna hit hard moments in the race. You're also yeah. gonna hit hard moments outside of training as well. So how do you get yourself through that and kind of bring yourself back into enjoying it? I would like to start.
0: Oh, you uh, go go ahead.
1: <laughs> with my this has been such a game changer for me, and it is the phrase I've used it quite a lot in videos. Run the mile you're in.
2: Yeah.
1: It, I, it I've never heard of something more true. I think the way to stay motivated is sometimes it can be really unmotivating demotivating if you're perpetually focusing on what's next or what's coming or yeah. the expectations that you've set on yourself the time that you want to run the race that you want to do the distance that you want to achieve but actually if you just focus on okay just do that run yeah. and get yourself through whatever that is it can make such a big difference
0: yeah and it's it's not just the fact that it stops you thinking about what's come before or how you might Feeling, I think the biggest one is that you never feel as good as you want to feel. Mm. So, you, particularly the closer and closer you get to a goal that you might have set yourself of, of that race or those distances that you kind of reeled off there, the closer that you get, the more conscious you are of, oh my goodness, I've I run 5k here in this run and I'm supposed to do it at my race pace where I'm running this for half marathon and it feels hard for 5k. How am I going to do it for 21k? Yeah, like that. That's how just focusing on that one mile at a time or one kilometer at a time to just try to there's a little bit of a mindfulness element to it as well that you can slightly dissociate from the running and taking your surroundings a little bit more or uh, I guess lots of different tricks to try and stay motivated
1: yeah we actually we shot a video last week um which will be out actually not that soon because it's a 30-day challenge I'll give you a little hint we shot a video where we asked 20 runners to run 5k on a track yeah, and the conditions that they had to run in were awful like a lot of them hadn't run on a track before and we asked them to do it in the pouring rain and cold at the end of a week as well really hard and I spoke to quite a lot of them afterwards to ask how they found it how it felt a little bit different and how they actually motivated themselves to get through it and lots of them actually said oh I didn't think I'd like running around in circles but actually when I kind of got into the after the first few laps, no, the rhythm of it. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, I did kind of go into a meditative state," and I was counting everyone's laps, which yeah. was a lovely thing to do, but a terrible idea <laughs> because I was. Trying... You're at maths. I was so bad at math. I was, so math. I was literally doing a tally for every single person. It was yeah. it was a lot, but that meant that they really could get into a kind of meditative state because they were just going around in circles, and that's actually what a lot of them said. Like we had over fifty percent of people broke their PBs doing that, and they turned up. Not knowing that they were going to do it's a Sarah that. Sarah Effect. Yeah, it's me. I like to think it's me.
0: <laughs> I think you've, you've, driv- you've driven them forward to it. Um, but yeah, I think there's a few different points to motivation. One is how do you stay switched on or, or motivated in the run that you're doing? And the other one is how do you get motivated to go out in the first place? So maybe mm. if we do the, you've kind of touched on like when you're running, how do you kind of stay involved and, and not kind of give up? And I was going to touch on a race element, which is the third quarter of any race distance. Obviously I'm more familiar with the shorter race distances, but like the third quarter is really hard. That's the bit of a race where you just don't want to push hard. So you know, three or four K into your five K. Once you're into that last K or 800 meters, the final bit of it, that kind of takes care of itself and you can always find a little bit more. But if you are chasing a PB to run your best possible time, Mm. you have to push, physically feel like you're working harder just to maintain the pace that you've been going at in that third quarter of any distance basically so yeah you're talking from 5k through to 7 or 8k in a 10k um those sort of distances that's when you make or break your pb attempt i know it's not always about pbs but if you are going for a time you can't run your optimal performance without really pushing through that period
1: how do you say then when you hit those moments in a race how did you stay motivated
0: they were my opp- I, was, I had to reframe it in my mind as an opportunity. So because the, the reason that it's difficult is you don't want to work hard then. Mm. You, you can work hard when the finish line's in sight but you don't want to work hard from halfway. Mm. Um, but that was my opportunity. So for me it was it was my livelihood, but it was also this the same as anyone listening. It's, it's a passion. it's something that you enjoy doing getting out there. And I took pleasure from improvement um, and improvement from my perspective was going to be either times or the way that I'd attacked the race. And so that was it. It was the moment that I had that self-doubt of, I don't want to do this. I don't want to push hard now. It was flicking a switch in my head was, this is my opportunity. If I don't do it now, I've missed that opportunity. So I wanted to... We talked about jumping on the train a lot in our group. It's like, you know, because often in in a race, it would be someone else that would push hard earlier than you wanted to. And I knew that if I didn't go with them, then I would lose. So that is my opportunity to jump on that train and to be carried potentially to a PB.
1: I do think that is probably one of the biggest things that you don't learn about running until you've put yourself into those situations where you want to do better whether that is a a time or just completing a distance there is always I would like to think that if you asked every single runner in the world no one is ever going to be 100% I want this goal there is not even a 0.0001% of me that wants to stop right now but actually achieving those goals is making sure that there is enough of you in that moment that is willing you to go on that you can tell the part of you that's going I want to lie down right now to just shut up for a little bit (laughs) and kind of get to the end of the race
0: yeah and if you can if you can practice it beforehand and then have that like when this happens because you know you're going to feel like it I'm going to do this and it might be like I know people have like little elastic bands on their wrists and they would snap that uh, as like a trigger for them to say I have this thought I'm going to snap this elastic band and that's going to reinforce the thought process of staying positive or choosing to embrace the opportunity mm-hmm. um but yeah, I've t-
1: got it quite a lot in marathons where it's a weird in a 5k I kind of always get it because I'm like oh I really am at my limit here mm-hmm. I want to stop whereas in a marathon it's weird because you're not you can get that feeling without f- feeling like you couldn't go on that's why I like the catchphrase run the mile you're in because I get it quite a lot where it's my brain just going like, oh, I can't be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want to do this today. I could just stop right now.
0: Well, and I think that there's another way of doing it. Like we've, I've talked about focusing or, or changing your, reframing the mindset about opportunity, but also you can dissociate or distract. So like I would struggle with my longer runs sometimes. And, and so a podcast is my route to distraction because, you know, I know a podcast is, I might put a 45 minute or one hour podcast on um, and I'm just kind of drifting along mm-hmm. and I'm not thinking about my splits or my heart rate or anything like that
2: so you're getting away from the actual running yes and thinking about something completely different yeah another exactly.
1: thing as well that's cool uh, there is a technical term for that but you can do something called like habit stacking mm. where you take um a habit that you like want to do or something that you enjoy and then you pair that with something that you want to do but don't enjoy so this is more talking about if you want to motivate yourself to get out of the door yeah. then you take a podcast which you really want to listen to and then go, right, I'm only gonna listen to that if I'm out on a run. Yeah. And then even if that's just a walk, at least you're getting, mm. getting
2: something done. I, I think it's actually been harder to get out this spring because in the uk we've had one of the wettest springs sarah you've been moaning about it before, <laughs> you know about six weeks but it literally <laughs> has gone on you know the the awful weather has continued for ages so running getting out when you look outside it's that extra thing that can put you off
1: mm, i think when it's cold as well it's just mm. so hard it's been cold dark and wet and if you're not if you're not into the rhythm or the routine of it then it is really hard to motivate yourself like i'm still not into the rhythm of I don't know, back into training post-marathon. I'm still trying with strength and conditioning. And I'm not quite into the rhythm of it. And when my alarm went off at 6am this morning, I was like, you know what? No, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to do it. Put. Yeah, but alarm... I did. I motivated myself by going, but it is now lighter in the evening. So I might do it tonight.
0: Oh, the daylight helps massively. And my, my yeah. alarm went off at 6am this morning, but he needed a poo. <laughs> so so that, <laughs> that, was, that was why. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think getting out the door is, is the biggest battle definitely helps when the the daylight hours are getting longer. Um, and I just think for me, this is personal, but I do split my running, running on my own and running with people. But if I have agreed to run with someone else, that's, that's the big motivate for me. I look forward to catching up on a run, just talking about random stuff. that's nothing to do with running often. Um, and it means that I will start at, you know, 9am on a Sunday mm. instead of, sitting there until 10 11 deciding i'm stretching or all oh, the kids need me to do this or that like it's having a date in the diary for it basically
1: yeah making it like a non-negotiable as a. Well.
0: yes exactly because you're letting someone down then um oh, that's how i feel about it mm. and so it's sort of if the weather's bad um or if i don't feel great which is most days then that's that's my reason for getting out
1: i also find as well if you actually do run with another person then quite often your you can do so much more than your brain is telling you you can do like i went and met someone for a run last week and the 2k to get to them was about a minute slower per kilometer than when i was running with them and that was chatting as well and i was just looking at my watch being like what was i telling myself in the first bit of this run
0: yeah you just totally forget and all of a sudden that that can happen with a podcast to me or just uh, just catching up with with a good friend um and all of a sudden you're 30 minutes in or, Mm. or an hour in um, or you've missed the point where you meant to turn around and you end up doing the longest run you've ever done before. That's happened to me before. <laughs> <laughs> Which was about
1: 3.2k. Hey, it wasn't that. <laughs> funnily enough, we just had an email come in, but,
0: but if, if anyone's the person, I can't remember, um, I didn't write their name down, sorry, who asked what my longest ever run has been to oh, date. Yeah, and it was 18, 18 miles is the furthest I've ever run. Um, so
2: not incredible, isn't it?
1: Yeah, because it's so
0: short.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's I not short, short, but, you know, you would have thought it was going to be longer than that. Yeah. That's no. what she said.
0: Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah.
2: Are we that kind of podcast? We no. are now. We're, we're, it's get, it's getting worse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Sorry. Um. Yeah. 18 miles. And that was a mistake. I was supposed to be running 15 miles. Um, and I was chatting to a good friend in the park, realized that at a point where I was then, uh, you know, 40 minutes from home, that I'd already been running for like an hour and 20 minutes.
1: How did you feel at the end of that? Tired. Really, really tired. because I had no
0: fueling, because um, I wouldn't normally no. fuel for a ninety minute run. Um so the and I was expecting to run for ninety. Oh yeah, minutes. that's
1: what I forget. Eighteen miles for me is like you're knocking on the door of three hours.
0: Yeah, it was a it was an hour fifty ish. Hour fifty five, something like
2: that. Knocking on the door of three days for me. <laughs> <laughs> this was a long time ago though. This was when I was
0: uh when I was training properly. So yeah, I need to get back to that point. <laughs> hyperventilating it's alright you will it.
1: Andy by the end of this year by the end of this year you would have almost done that long run twice
0: oh I mean 36 miles
1: it's closer to oh it's about the same isn't it 18 <laughs> to 26 well. is the same <laughs> as 36 to oh no
0: like, I mean, I then can my... literally see your brain working. <laughs>
1: yeah, oh, Deary me, maths. <laughs> yeah, Never a, a strong it's point. It's a tricky one, isn't well, it? Well, there you go. Yeah. You can
0: stay motivated by doing maths on your runners. Well. I actually do that a little bit. I know I like oh, maths more than you, but like working can... out split times or, or like, yeah.
1: This See, this is when I'm like, I don't want to get any better at maths because I have spent hours in a marathon <laughs> trying to work out what time I will get if I run at the same pace. And then yeah. by the time I figured it out, I've done another like 10K. Oh yeah, 100%,
2: so 100%. Then I have to rework trick. it out. That's I, a good trick. I sometimes I'm actually too tired to turn... My wrist to look at my watch on a run. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I realised that on Saturday. I was like, I really want to know because it's three laps. I'll so parkrun. I want I wanted to know after one and two. I thought, no, but that will waste energy turning my wrist. <laughs> so I'll just keep running. Incredible.
1: <laughs> oh my God, we need to do that as an experiment. How much energy do you waste by turning your wrist? <laughs> yeah. I think you'd be all right, mate. I think yeah. you could give it a little look.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll do it this week and <laughs> tell you how it goes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you are listening to the Running Channel podcast. Up next, we've got your questions to answer. Plus, we've each picked a new story from the world of running to discuss.
0: Don't forget that this episode is brought to you by New Balance and their Fuel Cell Supercomp Elite V4, which is their ultimate marathon racing shoe, and their Fuel Cell Rebel V4, which is their do anything running shoe, but skewed towards speed, which is what Sarah's been using it for in her marathon training. And both of them are lighter than their predecessors.
1: Yes, I have been wearing them in training. And I know that this isn't a scientific fact, but I feel like the placebo effect of if your shoes look fast, you will be fast. Well,
0: I always feel like I look fast. What about you?
1: <laughs> ah, me too, especially in these. And that's what I've been enjoying in training, that kind of like angular geometric design of the shoe just makes me want to go faster. So yeah. if you want to
0: look much cooler than me or Sarah.
1: Hey, leave me out of it. If you want to look cooler than Andy, wear anything. If you want to look cooler than me, head to the link in the show notes to check out the Rebel V4 and the Super Conflict V4. So
0: it is almost question time. My favourite bit Email us in at podcast at therunningchannel.com if you would like your question to be answered by us next time. Um, but first, we've each got a new story to talk about. So, Sarah, what have you got?
1: I've got some half marathon stories. I want to highlight some incredible women that have raced this weekend. You know about one, but you don't know about the other. Is it the or- you?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I did not run that far. Okay. Um, so, firstly, Ailish McColgan broke yes. her own British record. 43 seconds she knocked off by yeah. running one hour, five minutes and 43 seconds.
2: Yeah, that's scary.
1: Absolutely isn't it? disgusting. Is there anything a half marathon that that woman
2: cannot do?
1: Well, okay, this is what I wanted to ask. She's obviously targeting London Marathon. Yeah. Everyone's very excited about it. Yeah. As an I was going to say ex elite, you're still an elite runner.
0: Oh, not, I well, I I was once, yes.
1: Yeah. Would you expect someone who has the potential to win London Marathon to be doing such kind of record breaking events in the lead up to London or or do you reckon that is going to be her using up, hmm. I don't know, potential London Marathon winning power?
0: It's three weeks out. So three weeks out to do a hard half. And, and bear in mind that like there is a difference between uh, someone who's running four or five hours doing a half marathon hard at this point versus... Because just time on her feet, she's run for sixty-five minutes, so she's actually not out there for that long, relatively speaking. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think I think it's a fairly common thing to sharpen up and in inverted commas with a kind of half marathon three or four weeks out. I do think that's pretty normal. Um, I think from from various things I've seen on social media, and then I think after the race as well, um, whether or not she was kind of she's had injury problems, I've seen in some of the reports. So I'm sure there's an element of confidence that she wanted to try to. It, it, you're treading a thin line, right? She needs the confidence to go out to London to try to. I assume she's gonna try and win. She's gonna try and be competitive right at the front. Yeah. Um because this is
1: her first what I find incredible as well is that this is gonna be her first marathon. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because I mean she's so she's, much pressure. All of her to date, her credentials are on the track, right? Like Commonwealth mm. Games, gold medalists. Um, and then she's this is the second time she's she's broken the half marathon mm. record. Yeah. And bear in mind that's Paula Radcliffe's record before she's broken it twice. Paula has actually run faster, technically she run sixty five forty, 40 uh, but at the Great North Run, which doesn't count for records because it's net downhill or it's a point-to-point course where the start and finish too far apart to count.
2: Really? It doesn't count because it's yeah, there's too courses much downhill. downhill. I didn't know it was so that's downhill. Why, I'm um, quite up for doing this now. That's actually, why
1: honestly. Boston Marathon also doesn't count. So Yeah,
0: I mean, it definitely counts. Into, it's an incredible performance. And she went through 10K in 30 minutes, 56, which bear in mind that wow. like, I don't actually know what it is now, but when I was running the Olympic qualifier for women for 10K on the track was 31.45. She's so yeah. almost a minute faster than the best people in the world over. It's
2: just, it's just a staggering, uh, all the stats that go, go along with it. Women's marathon is going to be exciting.
1: I'm so excited. Um, I did just want to give one other shout out to Alice Neal, who has been on the channel. She, yeah. she went, went head up, to head
0: with you over 5K, right?
1: And now she is smashing every single race that she is doing. The fact that I went up against her makes me...
0: Okay. <laughs> Yeah, what, what happened to you? <laughs> what happened to me? <laughs> oh, Why am oh, I not no. getting this fast?
1: No, no,
2: she's just, no but yeah. she is
1: absolute superwoman. She won the London Landmarks Half Marathon this weekend in a time of one hour, 21 minutes and 33 seconds. And she came first out of 12,615 runners.
0: That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Congrats, so cool. Alex. Alex, so, very, yeah. very proud. Very well, the running done.
2: well
1: done. Andy, what's your new story?
0: So it's kind of elite focused in the way that yours was, but a very different end of the spectrum. So um, are you guys familiar with Shelley-Anne Fraser Price? Yeah no. um, so she is a three-time Olympic gold medalist she's got four silvers and one bronze in the 100 meters okay. uh, so other end of the, the running spectrum to, to Ailish. Um and she's won the world Champs gold medal 10 times across you know the 100 200 in the relay um, so she's probably the arguably one of the greatest female athletes of all time definitely one of the greatest sprinters of all time
2: really should have known who she was (laughs) it's all right mate we got you um but
0: but she she does a video that's just gone viral it's across you know all different news networks but on social media as well of her running in her children's school sports day um
1: did she win Uh, i have seen (laughs) this i've seen this yeah Yeah, but she was at like the parent race but
0: yes the parents school sports day race yeah yeah so she... Um,
1: that must be awful as a professional athlete.
0: Oh, yeah. but she, I don't know how... It looked like at least 100 metres, but the, the shot's quite shaky. And she comes through the shot and compared to how she runs on the track, she doesn't look like she's you know, giving it absolutely everything. Yeah but there's no one else in shot for quite a while. <laughs> she's so, so far ahead. It's unbelievable.
1: I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing, I don't know. That would either be the the more stressful than competing yeah. in the Olympics because you'd be like, I can't, I cannot lose. Can't lose, lose. this. But yeah. well, also <laughs> she's competing
0: pretty seriously still. So there's a risk, I think yeah, like grass I was track, say. like falling over or whatever.
1: Do you think like for her, she's like, no, it's fine. I'm still, I'm still competing. I'm still at my best. I can do hmm. this. Whereas like you at the parent day, hey. are you a bit worried that, you know,
0: what am I what am I worried about, Sarah?
1: That you might lose.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> so, you're a bit old. I, you, I, you would have thought she'd just give other people a go. You know? Let other people win for a change. But then they'd know yeah. that if
0: she was letting them win, right? So there, there is that thing where it's patronizing, isn't <laughs> That's it?
2: That's the ultimate letting someone win. It's a tough one. <laughs> if she let someone Did win. Did you let them win? Did you let them win? No, absolutely
0: not. I have done the um <laughs> the uh, the, uh, the kids' sports day. Was that What when the, distance when was it? It was oh it was the uh it was the classic uh Approximately hundred meter uphill rutted grass field right. run. Yeah, is, is what they right. called. Is what yeah, I yeah. called it anyway. And you nailed it. Oh yeah, smashed it.
2: Yeah. I, bet you, bet you you know- like, I
0: genuinely got the biggest trophy. I Got in my entire career. Really? I bet you were knocking really? kids
2: out the way in order to get. I know a the kids aren't in it.
0: It's just it's just the parents. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How many yeah.
1: dads did you elbow out the way? Oh, someone
0: you um, they had to get someone. Someone broke their ankle, so so, so I mean it was quite a risky one
2: yeah uh there was is this, an, an ambulance Was this, this just before the 2016 olympics <laughs> no this would have been 20... yeah that was
1: his warm-up race you know what he was saying about Ailish, how You yeah. just need you know you need a bit of confidence
0: in. i a needed win. a confidence boost <laughs> so i thought i'll, I'll take on the 90 meter uphill rutted grass field challenge yeah um it was but i i felt like rick said i felt incredibly nervous because like no one really knew that i you know although the parents i don't Talk about it as much as you guys would assume I would, and um, but as as I was walking down, they no, called you who bring, you were.
1: He, no, he, no, it was all right. He went really subtle. You know, he right. went singlet, split shorts, <laughs> yeah, yeah. his yeah. Olympic <laughs> shoes. Really subtle. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. That that's normal, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there, as I was walking down in jeans and whatever I was wearing, and the, the he did it in jeans. Yes, that's what. I, yeah, I, I was wasn't well prepared, but just then I walked jeans. past one mum who did know, like we were good friends with, and then she just started shouting, "He ran in the Olympics!" <laughs>
1: oh, and no. I was like. I was like,
0: oh god okay <laughs> so yeah on that note maybe we should uh, segue so next up you're listening to the running channel podcast but next up we got your questions
2: kicking off question time then finula emailed in to ask what are your thoughts on running streaks physically mentally are they sustainable and most importantly are they healthy Do what you- a nerf a running
1: streaks. I was going to say, do you know what a running streak is? Yeah, you read it in a way is? which
2: definitely implied you had no idea what
0: this was and right. you were just you were just going straight to nudity. Oh, uh,
2: well, I... Uh, we have done a yeah. video
1: Say, do you run yeah. naked? It's not this though. So a running streak right. is when someone runs every single day. I so see. So some okay. people, it kind of, I think it became big in lockdown. I don't know whether it had happened before that, but...
0: Well, there was a really famous one and I don't, I wish I had the numbers right now, but Ron Hill, who uh, people yeah. might be familiar with his, his clothing, but he was also... You know, Olympic marathoner, British record holder, all sorts of It's just incredible runner. But he ran every day for, I think it was 50 years or or more than 50 years. It it was like a staggering number. Uh, To the point where he was in hospital, I think with pneumonia at one point and got out to go for a run. And he didn't count it unless he ran at least a mile. Wow. Um,
1: So So it's got pretty big. Quite a lot of people do it nowadays. And yeah, I guess the question here is, Andy, what do you think?
0: I think it's a good motivator to, 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 to have that, goal but I do think it quite quickly become unhealthy and actually running every day is quite a big commitment so yeah. it depends on what it is if you're trying to run 5 or 10k every day um then the risks of injury are quite high and then similarly if you're kind of I don't know gonna judge yourself or feel guilty about it like it, it's whether the motivation's healthy yeah. or not so I think if you if you're relatively robust then doing it for a short period like doing you know, I'm gonna do a month where I'm gonna try and do some exercise every day and might not be running every day. That's probably a healthier way to approach it than I'm going to try and run a a year of running every single day or something. Mm. It'd be a bit crazy.
1: I always think about it from the like longevity point of view as well. Like if you're starting out and you want to run every single day, you know, think of of the times where you've had to move round runs or you've been ill or you're on a plane. Like there are so many situations where you might hit a roadblock. So yeah, I think the one to watch out for is if you feel like you have to. Yeah, yeah, if
0: if it becomes an addiction, that that's when it's that's crossed the line. But like, certainly short term streaks uh, are probably quite a cool thing to be able to do for like a week. Mm. I'm going to run every day this week, especially or, as or, well. Or a month, maybe.
1: Like, I know that there are some people who, when they start their running journey are get quite disheartened with the fact that they can, they're only doing one K or two K yeah. at a time yeah. that actually might be a, and it doesn't have to be running. You could just try and get out every single day and then build up. Yeah. Walk, but, run, run accommodation,
0: yeah. combination, do a bit of exercise on the bike or, or swimming or something to, to kind of, cause it's ultimately the impact in running, which does run the highest risk. So yeah. if you're just not used yeah. to it, then it could, uh, be a bit dangerous
2: mix it up don't do it long term okay next up uh, this is quite a technical question from daniel so i like it uh he says i used to do loads of road running but have changed and do mostly fell and trail running now since then though my vo2 max my on my pretty basic runner 235 has fallen off a cliff but he doesn't feel any less fit should he take this seriously asked daniel no
0: no, There I do have a, I do have a proper answer, um, which is that if you your, your watch is guessing your VO2 max, Sarah and I did a video where we actually got our VO2 max lab tested to see how accurate our watches were. And actually they're really good. The watches really? are pretty accurate, but they're using how often you run and how fast you normally run and at what heart rate that running pace is to work out roughly your, your VO2 max. So if you've been training with the same watch for a period of time it's established your vo2 max and then you start running all of your runs on trails and your watch doesn't know that so your heart rate is higher and your pace is slower those are both indicators of being less fit even though it's not true Ah, in this case this makes sense so the, the vo2 max that your watch will show you will be lower so Garmin, I don't know whether it has it on the 235 to be fair. It's worth checking though. They do on some of the more recent models have an actual trail VO2 max setting. So if you record your runs as trail runs as Switch opposed to up. just normal runs, yeah. then it will it will know you're on trails. And so it won't calculate VO2 max in the same way.
2: How accurate is your heart rate on running watches?
0: They're pretty good to be fair, but it, if you wanted the most accurate heart rate possible, then a chest strap would be the way to go. Right. Um, the... Optical sensors on the, the back of your watch, which are what's reading your heart rate through your skin, are quite dependent on how well-fitted the watch is. Mm. You know, if you've got a tiny wrist and a massive watch, then probably not going to have a great... Potentially mm. not going to have a great level of accuracy. If you wear your watch too loosely and it moves around up and down your arm, um, that will affect how accurate it is as well. Um, so I guess... And, and actually, I don't know if you've spoken about this on the podcast before, but tattoos can impact. So if you happen to oh, have yeah. a tattoo yeah, where you wear your running watch, then because it's using light to you know take readings through your skin then that can affect it as well
1: so you've been listening to the running channel podcast thanks so much for listening if you could do us a very small favor and leave us a rating or a review we would love that and we will see you next time
2: bye, bye. bye.
0: This episode was brought to you by New Balance and two specific shoes from the Fuel Cell range, the Rebel V4 and the Supercomp Elite V4. And there's an incredible amount of technology in both of these shoes. I'm the shoe geek, Sarah hates this bit. The Fuel Cell technology is the midsole foam, which is aimed at being propulsive. So both of these shoes feel fast. And then in the Supercomp Elite V4, there are strategic midsole voids. So essentially gaps or holes in the, in the midsole, which in combination with the carbon fiber plate design are aimed at increasing the amount of stored energy that you get. All super shoes are aimed at giving you as much energy back as possible, with these being New Balance's best yet. Well, if you want to check out either the Fuel Cell Super Comp Elite V4 for race day or the Fuel Cell Rebel V4, which could be for race day, it could be for all of your training as well, then head to the link in the show notes.